You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweetAudio.com. And hello, everybody. For those of us who are new, and for those of you who have returned, welcome to either episode 14 of Star Wars Off the Record, or episode 1 of SWOTOR Reforged. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll chat a little bit about that in just a second. Um, I am your host, Ivarwin. Today's record date is Monday, July 2nd. Two days away from Independence Day. Happy 4th of July, everyone. I am joined by the one and only lore man himself from the Quest Gaming Network, Louis Olan. Hello, Ivarwin. Hello, everyone. New and old. Glad to have you all here. That's right. And Fred Woodley is joining us as well. Yay, we restructured and I made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> we, would, we would never have gotten rid of you, Fred. You know that. <laughs> So, all right, let's 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 get into let's get into this because I'm sure some of you may be confused, or you probably follow exactly what's going on. We had to we had to restructure our podcast, Star Wars Off the Record, and the reason being is that we had we were experiencing a lot of technical issues with our feed. So, um, in order to make sure that all of our listeners know exactly where we're going to, this is our last episode under the Star Wars Off the Record banner, which is episode 14. However, this is also going to serve as episode 1 for SWOTOR Reforged, which should be hitting iTunes very, very shortly. So, um, based on that, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, if, if, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you. Hope, uh, hope we are able to entertain you. And if you are, if you have been listening for quite a while, thank you for joining us again, and uh, we we hope to retain you. Um, the the direction of the podcast is is basically going to remain the same um, as you as you heard coming into the show. We've we have changed up our intro. Our bumpers are going to be different. Uh, we are ninety percent a a Swotor podcast, but we're also going to give you some information on the the Star Wars community. Just in general, um, we're all Star Wars nerds here, and uh, we can't... Not of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, why not? This seems to be the forum for it. Um, all right, so let's let's get away from that. All right, uh, welcome one and all. Here we are, Swotor Reforged. <laughs> That's good news. Game update 1.3. We want to give you our impressions, thoughts, comments, hopes, our ideas. So let's let's get into it. Um, it was kind of a big week. Game update 1.3 happened. 
that occurred and and we we have been just enjoying the hell out of this game ever since it came out oh yes indeed i mean uh <laughs> what what a revitalization out of the game um lou what uh what, what do we have here what's our first our first point we want to get into well the very big thing if everyone has reading the forums the title update allies 1.3 all right introduce the group finder for the game so you know if you needed to find a group for running instances whether the flashpoints operations regular group content there you go we, we now were introduced to that tool that allowed you to place yourself on the queue set yourself up and hopefully find yourself a, a group yeah thank god and finally i'll tell yes. you that Yes, in conjunction with the very latest with the character transfer services, I think this has been a great, great past what almost three weeks now, three for tour. Yeah, it has. It's it's great to to get onto the game now, and just start experiencing these these high populations. And I mean, uh, it's it's great. Now now, Fred, what what exactly have have you been have you been doing in game with with the LFG system? Well, so far I've only done a couple of flashpoints with the LFG system because I've been mo- mainly focusing on leveling up my Inquisitor lately. Which I've been logged in for like three days straight now. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I've got the I've got the same kind of story, man. I mean, you know, uh, I I love playing the single portion of this game, but now when the the LFG system is out, it's like it's just so easy to to group up with people now. You know, uh, getting into some of these flashpoints, which has been the one thing that I haven't really experienced too much in the game, because it's previously it had been very difficult to 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 find a group if you were not in a guild, and even though we were in a guild, it was very small and it wasn't very easy to find people online. So now that this thing is out, I've been experiencing all these different flashpoints, and I love them. It's great. It's so much fun. So that's. You know, I, I, my playtime has gone through the roof, especially. I think, I think we all have been losing sleep the past couple of weeks. Yeah. In a good I, way. I, well, I do have to say that the couple that I've done have been flashpoints that I missed out on being able to do with my main the first time around. Because I wasn't about to sit in the fleet and look for a group. But now that the tool's there, when I have actually felt like queuing, it's put me right into a flashpoint that I've never done before. So that was a whole new experience to me as well. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I think um, one of the one of the best experiences, as soon as this thing came out, one of the best experiences I've had so far is being on my, my low-level Jedi Sentinel, all right, who is the DPS type of Jedi, for those who, who may not be aware. Uh, we don't want to assume. <laughs> Um, you know, in previous video games, all right, you know, it's very hard to, to get using an LFG system. It's very difficult to get yourself into a group because if you're DPS, because, you know, let's face it, DPS are a dime a dozen out there. Um, tanks and healers are very hard to find and more, more so healers. That's just the way, you know, MMOs kind of work. Well, I was exper- I was expecting, you know, a, a bit of a wait when when queuing up for for the Esselus. And uh, which is the first flashpoint that that you get into um on the Republic side. 
I had been waiting for about three and a half minutes when my queue time popped and I got into the, I got into the, the flashpoint as a DPS on a low level. I mean, I would expect the queue times for that would be short on, on, you know, for higher levels because everyone is, you know, level 50 at this point, but no, it was very short wait time. And, you know, that speaks to the amount of people that are, that are now, you know, playing on the server using the LFG system. So it seems like there's just a tremendous amount of excitement and, and, uh, relief and people are just using this and it's, it just, it feels great. Lou, what about you? What, what kind of, what's been going on with you in the game with the LFG system? Oh God, where do I start? Uh, with all of my characters. <laughs> I know, right? I'm trying to like organize my thoughts in my head. Like which, what part of this do I, do I tell first? Cause I've been I've literally I, been playing I, the I, game. I got, <laughs> literally, we all have dozens of stories to tell right now, but I'll start off with my Inquisitor. Yeah. My, my Sith Inquisitor, uh, which is, you know, less than half a level away from hitting 50. And ever since the LFG system came out, and before that, even with the cross of the this character transfer service that went live a couple weeks ago, and now that we're on Candace Ordo, you know, I, I have no shortage of people to run things with. Um, you know, I've had great experiences so far. I, I mean, and so actually some of the best ones I've had have been without the LFG system because I think there are still a lot of people who are just afraid of it because this is a new tool and not used to it. Because remember, we also have a lot of players who are new to MMO playing Star Wars Old Republic. Yeah. You know, so they never, they never heard of it. it. It's something they're afraid of. And, you know, maybe they heard some bad things, good things about it. So, you know, honestly, they may be anxious and scared, which is, you know, which is natural. Yeah, of course. But, you know, if you're a new listener to the podcast and you're new to the game, especially MMOs, I highly encourage you to use it because that is one of the best things uh, that MMOs offer. You know, and they there to find groups, get that socialization process going. And, you know, I, my Inquisitor, who is a sorcerer, I have respect for healing. And the past few days, I've just been doing the Red Reaper uh, Flashpoint. Yeah, and that's I've a had, great Flashpoint. Yeah, I've had nothing but really good runs. I mean, I've only ran it four times the past few days. Mm-hmm. Um, the first group I ran it to was literally what I just said before. I, I was the only one who had done Red Reaper in the past. The three other people with me were brand new 50s. They were literally new to tour. They've been playing the past couple of months, and they were like, "What are we doing here? What's what's the whole what's the reason behind this flashpoint?" Anyone done this before? I'm like, "I have." <laughs> me. And, and I, I I took that as one of the great moments where I love using LG tool that you find those actual brand new people, and you get the chance. To show them how great this game be by explaining to them, hey man, you know, or you know, hey girl, this is what you got to do. Um, this is going to happen here, here, and here. You know, if you got this set up, you know, you might want to try it. You know, not dictate it, but you know, give them ideas and hints of how to actually prepare themselves for what's coming up. You know, explain to them what you know what needs to be done or or how things run in oh, this yeah. particular instance. Yeah, for those, I mean, th- I've experienced a lot of this as well. Um, there's there's especially last night when I was doing Red Reaper on my my Jedi I've got a level 45 Jedi Guardian and um you know he's he's a tank so trying to to lead a group as a tank who's never you know really done MMOs before is is very difficult um 
So, I mean, trying to tell them like, okay, let, and I've, I've literally had to just explain to them the basics. Like, you know, you gotta let, let me, let me do the poll, let me lead, get in there. Okay. I'm not trying to be obnoxious. I'm just trying to keep everyone safe and make sure we have a good time. Okay. So let me do the poll. You know, you gotta crowd control this guy, stun this guy and, you know, just DPS that one down. And then, so like explaining basically the basics of, of all of this, um, it's a lot of work, but at the same time, like once they start getting it, it's very rewarding. And especially in the Red Reaper, that's a no joke flashpoint. Yes. Okay. This isn't where, you know, this isn't the SLS where you could probably two man it as two DPS and just, you know, destroy everything. You which really got to know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know which group you're going after, which guy you probably should, which, which guys you probably should, you know, crowd control and, and which one you probably should bring down first. And even the bosses, the, that end boss where you have to use that guy's force lightning against yes. the, the two mobs on the side. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just brilliant stuff. Really awesome. A lot of fun. I like the Red Reaper a lot. And I've experienced it for the first time this week and have done it, you know, about two or three times since the LFG system came out. And it's because the LFG system is out. It makes it just so much easier now to, to group up. And I, I, I love it. Yeah. And I've seen people talking about it, whether in game or in groups or even on the forum saying it's wonderful because for the first time since they've been playing a the game, they have an opportunity to see this content, to experience it. You know, that, like that very first group I had with the LG system, you know, the very first time they, you know, that was a great throw for me because it's like, wow. Now, I can imagine, you know, how excited they are because I know I was excited as a young adult, you know, kid in the playground. I was like, wow, this is cool. I yeah. can see this. Now, uh, Fred, what else you got for us regarding the, uh, the LFG system? I don't really have a lot about the LFG system because I've only used it a few times so far, but it is a a refreshing thought to know that it's there when I get to 50 and I want to use it. Yeah. Because that's pretty much what the end game is going to be for me is just doing flashpoints. Well, um, we got this quote here from Bioware. All right. Just in case uh, we, we miss something, we don't want to miss anything for the listeners. So I'm going to read this off and uh, hopefully this will, this will cover if you're completely unaware of the LFG system, hopefully this will, this will cover everything for you. Game Update 1.3 Allies introduces new features for all Star Wars The Old Republic players, including a group finder tool, legacy perks, ranked war zones, and adaptive gear. Now, you will be able to quickly find groups and take on flashpoints, operations, war zones, and planetary heroic missions. The legacy system incorporates new bonuses, including advancement perks, which allows you to customize your leveling experience. With adaptive gear, social gear, can now be used in combat by fusing it with corresponding armor bonuses and creating slots for modifications. These are just a few of many exciting features of allies. And then they direct you over to uh, swotor.com, swtor.com, in order to uh, get all their game updates for, for 1.3 and their patch notes. Um, the other thing we haven't really discussed really are the, um, the fact that you can group up using the LFG system for not just flashpoints, but also operations, war zones, and planetary heroic missions. Now, if you're not level 50, you're not really going to take advantage of the operation thing until you get there and gear yourself up. But the LFG system is going to help you gear up for those operations by queuing up more often for flashpoints, where you're going to get your accommodations to drop. 
you're where you'll be able to spend those to get better gear upgrades. War zones as well. If you're a PvP fan, you should be all over this, all over this. And the planetary heroic missions, which I think is probably one of the best things in this LFG system. You know, in the last episode of uh, Star Wars Off the Record, I had explained that I think the planetary heroic missions, you know, uh, they kind of fall by the wayside a little bit um, as you level up and you get through the the uh, the story on the planet. You know, you want to take care of that, but sometimes things just happen. You level up too fast, and it's time to come off the planet. And you always say to yourself, like, oh, I'll go back and take care of it. Now you don't really have to wait around to find, you know, one or two people to, to help you do it. You can use the LFG system and it just makes it faster and easier and more convenient. So for me, if it's more convenient to do these, it's an incentive and I don't really put it to the back burner that often. Right. And if you're a big lore fan like I am, or if you just want to experience the rich story that Bioware has developed for this, the Republic universe, uh, you know, a big portion or not so big, but a decent-sized portion of every planet's lore is actually going to be contained within the heroics. You know, whether it's the two-man or the four-man, you're going to see a bit of what's going on with the planet and how that planet fits into the overall scheme of what Bioware has developed for the Old Republic universe. Right. You know, so you're thinking, oh my gosh, what is this little, this little four-man heroic on, you know, on Balmora with the Colicoids? What does that tie into? Well. If you do that one, you realize when you start doing Call of Duty War Games, when you're in your 40s, like, oh, my God. Okay. So this is where they came from. <laughs> By the way, it just didn't pull this out of their fourth point of contact. This is an actual part of the – that was like three or four planets ago. Oh, my God. I'm seeing the results of it now when I'm approaching 50. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, and a lot, of that, a lot of that background you do get in those heroic missions, and if you don't – those planetary heroic missions. And if you don't, if you don't do them, you can miss out on it. And, you know, like Lou said, if you're a lore nut, um, like, like most star Wars fans are, you know, it's, it's a part of the game that, that you definitely want to experience. Um, all right. It, there's, it, uh, go ahead. Those, I'm sorry for that. Those heroic quests are also a great way to get some gear that is very good for whatever level the quest is. Oh yeah. And no doubt. Sometimes they even put orange pieces on there. Yeah. That gets overlooked a lot. Some of the best gear options I've gotten came for my level have come out of those those uh, planetary heroic missions. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot. Of, I think the emphasis on gearing up is through flashpoints. But don't don't uh, don't you know don't thumb your nose at at the planetary heroic missions. They can drop stuff for you. And if you, if not dropping stuff for you, then you know always think about your, your companions because they have to get geared up too. Right. So think about them. Um, if there's nothing else, gentlemen, I want to I want to get on to one more thing about the LFG system that I just experienced um, the last couple of days. And I've, I've, I've found what the reason for this is. And that is a, a minor bug Uh-oh. in the LFG system. Um, that is you've you have reached a level. OK, well, let me let me explain to you what happened this way, because I don't want to over explain um, my my Jedi Sentinel, okay, Morrigan, she is level 18 right now. From from level 15 up to 21, I am able to do Hammer Station. Um, when I left that S-less run that I told you about earlier, I actually made it to level 15. I leveled up in there and I, be, I was level 15. Um, using the LFG system, I then wanted to get into Hammer Station. 
but I couldn't. And I don't know why. So I figured, and, and it's not that, it's just, it, it wasn't selectable for me. And, and now the S list, because I was level 15, was, was deselected for me as well. So I couldn't queue up for S list and I couldn't queue up for Hammer Station. So I thought maybe, all right, maybe, maybe it's just, you know, even though it says on here, it's the Hammer Station is from 15 to 21, maybe I need to level up. So I waited till 16. It still couldn't queue up for it. 17, I still couldn't queue up for it. 18, I still can't queue up for this. So I thought to myself, all right, look, I've waited to the point of absurdity on this. Something has got to be wrong. So I put in a ticket and um, I got a, uh, I got a, you know, I don't want a Bioware employee, I suppose. <clears throat> um, I got a Bioware employee, contacted me almost immediately over live chat and and said you know look i understand uh this is your 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 problem um explain the whole thing i just explained to you and they said we this is a known bug we're aware of the situation here's what you need to do drop your quest for that flashpoint log out log back in that should allow you to queue up for it so those of you out there that are experiencing this same thing and you're and you don't know what to do about it all you have to do is drop the quest for that particular flashpoint, log out, log back in, then you'll be able to queue up for it. And it worked like a charm for me. It was, it was a two second fix. Ooh, I mean, log out completely or log out to the character select screen? Log out to the character select screen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I know some of the bugs, you actually have to close the entire client out before it fixes itself. But that's good. That's even better. <laughs> oh, yeah. One less step to take. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And especially if you've got the, uh, the, security, the security key, you know, that, that saves you from having to put your password in, put that security key back in, and log in completely. I mean, you know, it's, 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 a, it's one less step you have to do. Um, I asked them. I told them, look, you know, I do a podcast. What can I tell the listeners about when this bug's going to get fixed? And they said they don't. They don't know specifically exactly when that's going to get fixed, but they do know it's a known issue. It's it's a known bug. It's a known issue. They are going to fix it. So they said you can probably expect that it's it's going to get fixed, you know, within the next week or so, or the next coming weeks. So uh, for those of you out there that have had this issue, there's your fix, and don't worry, it's it's uh, they're going to patch it, so it's it's not going to be an issue anymore. They're they're aware of it. Good. That's good. I like yeah. that. Either of you guys, like on a on a side topic, either of you guys like get this thing at all? You ever have that bug? No, not as of yet. Knock on wood. No. All right. Oh, good. <laughs> Fred, no, right? You didn't get it, right, Fred? No. The only thing that I noticed was a lot of times if you do all the quests and you go to a planet, you'll be one level below the recommended level for that planet when you get there. And the LFG tool won't let you look for a group on that planet because you're one level under what level you're supposed to be when you get there. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. So you kind of have to almost, you know, push yourself to get that extra level so when you get onto that planet. Yeah. yeah. Even if you skip no quests and you do every quest on the previous planet, you'll still be one level under what the planet says when you get there. So you have to ding one time before you can actually look for a group with the tool on the planet you went to. Yeah. So they might want to look at, like, toning that down a level or two. Yeah, oh, probably a good idea. <laughs> or space. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, legacy perks, okay? Legacy perks, character perks, advancement perks, travel perks, companion perks, convenience perks, 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 perks. 
Um, in this oh, corner, more in perks. <laughs> Lou, what what can we say about about the perks that are now available for the legacy as per game update one point three? Wow. 1.3 gave us a lot of perks. Notwithstanding, we've got, let's see, the travel perks, companion perks, and the convenience perks. You know, in a nutshell, travel perks get you there sooner and faster. Speed of pilot licenses available at an earlier level for your characters. Okay. That's going to be per character, though, not legacy-wide, so be careful on choosing that. <laughs> <laughs> the companion perks, again, really quick way to affect how fast you gain affection with them and how fast they work in terms of crew skills missions, how soon they get back, you know, how soon they go away and come back selling trash for you. And not the least, convenience perks. Hey, all this convenience. You get a couple of, couple of droids made available to you. A field repair droid, meaning you're in the middle of nowhere on a planet. If you're some long-lost Jedi, <coughs> you know, <laughs> getting smacked around, need to repair, call them up. There you go. Repair your stuff. He even buys your stuff, your junk, for your inventory. That's that's huge. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, also, you have mail. Again, there's going to be a, a mail droid available to you in the field. And, and, hey, what people have been asking for, a field respect perk, running a flashpoint, running a mission, heroic, you're just not getting there, you need to swap out or someone needs to swap out, hey, no need to go back to the fleet. Or the planet, home planet, no issues. Field respect right there in the field, the same cost. You know, they haven't fixed that. You know, it's going to be the same as you actually went to the fleet or a capital planet. But, hey, at least you don't have to go through 10 loading screens. You just got to do it right then and there. Yeah. Pay the credits, rebuild your skill trees, you know, rebuild your, your hot bars, and there you go. Continue on. Well, all this all this convenience is is awesome, um, but but Fred, didn't you you had something on this too, didn't you? Well, not really. The only thing the prices seemed a little bit steep for me, but I guess it all depends on what you're willing to pay for the different perks. Okay, so like for example, like what? Well, if if you max out any of the regular perks like to increase your space missions experience or your class quest experience it's going to cost you about 275,000 credits for the maximum bonus of 30%. Okay. And since that's one character only, to me that's not worth it, but you know, it's all an individual basis and depends on how much money you have to throw around. Yeah. I mean, um I think a lot of the a lot of the prices that that we see, you know, we we get a lot of sticker shock. I know I do when I see <laughs> some of the <laughs> prices for this stuff. Yep, you're, you're like a hundred thousand credit. What the? Oh my god! Oh, my my agenda is kicking in. It's good. <laughs> Peru, pour me the blue milk. <laughs> blue milk and death sticks, stat. <laughs> I. I, you know, it kills me. And then, and then I think to myself, like, all right, but what about the guys that have like high level slicing? The amount of money that they pull in. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think you know, uh, a lot of this is there's there's a lot of ways in the game to make a tremendous amount of credits very quickly. How do you for those guys? How do you make this still a challenge without them just, 
you know, dumping, you know, 30, 40, 50 levels into slicing and be like, all right, well, you know, now I have a couple of thousand credits. Let me just buy this and buy that and that and that and that and that. You know, you want to make it reachable, but still a challenge, even for, for you know, uh, players that, that have things like slicing in order to get those those credits. But at the same time, for those of us who don't have slicing, how do you still make this, you know, a reachable, attainable goal when you're just getting credits from, you know, flashpoints and selling junk gear and, and playing the auction house and doing your quests? So trying to find that happy middle, I can imagine is is like ridiculously difficult when you've got slicing out there that just pulls a tremendous amount of credits down. True. Well, for example, the 275,000 credits that are needed to max out one of those areas. Chances are most people would only buy one of those for a character. So 275,000 credits for that character if, say, they want to level all the way up through space missions. In reality, at level 50, that's about one day worth of dailies. That isn't that hard to do, but since I'm focusing mainly on my alts, I don't have that kind of money to throw around. So I would actually have to dedicate an entire day to doing dailies on my main character, which it just seems like I would be doing the exact same thing if I just dedicated that day playing the character I wanted to level faster anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, you know, I mean, this this game is you know, uh, very, very reliant on that relationship between your main and, and having alts. I mean, that's what the legacy system is all about. So maybe they intend for you to, to almost do that, which I think is a little weird, which I think is what you were trying to get at. Um, but maybe it's, it's maybe the thinking from Bioware here is, you know, the, we've got the legacy system. We know you have a main, we know you have alts. Um, we expect you to do a lot with your main, get a lot of credits, and then filter that over to your alt so they have the money to to do this. Right, and, and I think you would be exactly right, Varwin. Uh, uh, the way I'm experiencing the legacy system now, especially with the new perks that came out, you know, I have my high-level 50s who, yeah, they do have a lot of credits, lots of disposable income, per se, within the game. And it does allow players who do have that, uh, that many characters who do have high-level characters available uh, to actually shuffle those funds to their alt and make that alt you know, leveling process a heck of a lot easier uh, than the initial, you know, initial go-around, you know, your first 50 or first 250s, what have you. Um, it, it does make the leveling process a little bit better. I mean, I'm experiencing it right now on my bounty hunter and, you know, and with my sorcerer, so it does help. I do find it very uh, a good way of doing things. Uh, however, again, it's just an option. I mean, if players don't want to do it for whatever reason, because of credits, the amount of credits they need, or, or the time sick involved, you know, again, you're not hurting yourself either way if you're using it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just another great feature in the game that you know, as anything, you have the option to use. Right. Here's my biggest problem with this system: the way that they implemented it right now is the fact that they added the whole goal of these character perks is for you to level up your character faster, right? Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they offered you ways that you can buy to 
get increased experience from space missions, your class missions, and other little things that you get every once in a while, like exploration. I would have no problem at all if they would have added in a way to either increase your the experience you get from killing things or the experience you get from all missions and just made them outrageously expensive compared to the other ones. If you had to spend 2 million credits, but you could increase all mission and killing experience by 50, by 50%, that'd be worth it to me. But when it's something minor like space combat, space combat takes a set amount of time, no matter how good at it you are, because the mission takes the same amount of time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I could only do space combat for so long. But if I if I had a perk that increased all of my killing XP by fifty percent, you know, you don't get a whole lot of experience from killing things anyway. But that would be noticeable over the course of level one to fifty. I, I would happily pay two million credits for a perk that increased my killing XP by fifty percent. Yeah. Good thoughts. Yeah, I, I I've got. I, I have I have nothing for that. I think I think you're you're hitting on something that that's uh, very true and honest. Um, right. And quite yeah. honestly, that could be a feature that they might be interested in looking in. You know, to do, remember, this is still brand new, and Bio has oh, said yeah. that they're going they're they're going to make further changes, add new things, and tweak the system. So yeah, you know what that Fred's idea could actually be a great idea for them to actually contribute to the legacy system. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep in mind, like. For those of you out there that have like you know extra on what on the points that we're heading at and and could expand on on our topics, number one, it'd be great to you know send us an email and let's chat about it. Um, number two, don't forget. I mean, this is the first iteration of of this uh, you know of uh, of the patch, and they're they're going to be looking to to tweak things to make things even better. So let's just keep that in mind too. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything else? Maybe like a, a specific perk you want to talk on, or or something that you find um, worth worth highlighting at the moment regarding these perks. I tell you, I like that field repair droid thing. Yes, that that that's a godsend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, how many times have you been like on Tatooine? I, that, I mean, that's a remote location. I, I, you know, anywhere you, you're, anywhere you're questing around there is is remote, and they've they've done their best to put those those medical droids like you know pretty evenly around where you're going to be questing. But sometimes you're still like in the middle of nowhere, and and your you know your gear's broken. You know, now you got to go all the way back, and it's kind of like a it's kind of a pain. Um, if you happen to have this, it'd be it'd be great. You know, just do a quick repair. Like you said, Lou. I mean, you could you could sell stuff to it. Sometimes you don't want to get rid of your your companion for for X amount of seconds because you're in a heavily um, heavily mob populated uh, location. Right. You know, you, you can't risk you know losing T seven for a minute and a half to to sell all your junk, but yet you've got stuff around you that you want to pick up. Now you gotta you know throw other stuff out. I mean, it's not like a big deal, but I mean it's it's still it's it's a it's a concern that you have to have it from time to time. So this is definitely this is one of my favorite things. That's one of my favorite convenience perks that field repair droid. Yeah, that plus I, I really do like the field respecialization perk. You know, anywhere in the field where you are, happily, <laughs> you know, questing away, soloing, what have you, grouping up, and, and this will allow people 
who are maybe the same class. You know, now, who's to say you can't have groups running around, you know, again, two Sith juggernauts, uh, two Sith sorcerers, what have you. As long as you're all different builds, different specs, you know, things can work out and, and do quite well. You know, I, I know I have run in the past with some other friends of ours, okay, mm-hmm. where, uh, especially one of our old guildmates, uh, Dead Elf, okay, he's an operative as well. Right, but he was DPS spec, I was healing spec. But who's to say at one time, you know, he logs on, he says, you know, I want to heal. But, you know, we had to wait for him to actually go to the fleet, respec, rebuild, and <laughs> come back. You know, now it's just like, hey, hang out. We just hang out for a couple minutes, does everything right then and there, and boom. You know, little time lost, and, you know, our game flow is still flowing. Okay, there's not really much of a big interrupt. And I, I, I can't say enough of this. I, you know, it, it's good. Definitely need some more tweaks, like pricing maybe, fix that. <laughs> Bioware, hint. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Lou, wouldn't it be much more efficient when he says, I want to heal, for you to say no? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there are days when we wish, you know, we played this character for so long that we need a break, but we don't want to take a break from this character. We just want to take a break from DPS or healing or what have you. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that. I've been tanking for so long now on my Jedi Guardian that, that sometimes I just feel like, you know, doing DPS. And that was the whole reason why I created, you know, my, my Jedi Sentinel Morrigan. Um, so I can still have that, that Jedi feel, but, you know, really sink my teeth into into Jedi DPS. <laughs> but that's not because you're tired of tanking. That's because you're tired of teaching people. Moving on. <laughs> um, all right, We've, we 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 want to bring this up because it is a, a portion of of this update. All right, and that is adaptive social gear. All right, um, Fred. I mean, what what kind of what do you have for this as far as the adaptive social gear is concerned? Um, for, those of, for those of the listeners out there that are curious about this, I mean, how exactly does this work? It works where anytime you put a piece of gear on that's marked as social gear off of the social vendors, mm-hmm. it will automatically tailor itself to whatever type of armor you wear, regardless of how it appears. Right. Social gear is now its own armor weight. So if you can, if you wear heavy armor and you put on that, you know, skimpy little slave girl outfit, it's going to be considered heavy armor. Um, (laughs) If you wear medium armor or light armor, it's going to bring itself down to that as well. So you don't have to worry about, you know, um, am I going to effectively tank or, or is, is, you know, my healing or DPS going to be hurt because I'm, I'm wearing, you know, Leia's slave girl outfit. No. In, in fact, you can go as far, with even with the augment slot on here, you can even go as far as, as to bring this up to the kind of gear that you could raid with, correct, Lou? Yes, just about. Um, obviously, it, it's not going to be as good as, but, I mean, if, you're, if you know what you're doing, and I think if you have the right setup, um, I think what they would like to do is exactly that. You know, give you the option to take those mods in the end game, uh, end tier sets, mm-hmm. and allow the player to customize the looks. And you know what? Maybe they don't want to wear that, you know, that end game Mercado gear, but they'd rather wear, like, for some reason, 
you know, the Bell Savage Prisoner's outfit. Well, that's great. They can. Okay, give a lot of players, take those mods out of the Kata gear and slap them into that. Okay, and make that still a viable uh, set of armor to wear. Because you're, you're transferring, because you think, and you look at it, everything that makes the gear great are the mods in it. Not, not the gear itself, it's, it's just the shell. Okay, it's that armor piece, it's that hilt, it's that color crystal. You know, as the widget would say, the meat and potatoes is an item that's there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. And that's what counts. And now they're allowing the players more freedom to actually take, you know, their meat and potatoes, or for us, the blue milk and death sticks, over <laughs> into <laughs> the slave girl outfit, the Tuscan Raider outfit, the pilot's outfit, and still have a blast with it. This this is it's it's I think it's one of the one of the parts of this patch that that gets spoken about the least, but yet it's probably one of the most enjoyable pieces of this patch for me, because you know I I come I have a Warcraft background. I played Warcraft for you know seven years, and if you know Warcraft and pretty much any other MMO is like this too, you get to end game, you start raiding, they come out with tiered gear. And now I used to play a paladin on World of Warcraft. Okay, if you if you ever played a paladin on WoW, <laughs> from you know uh, from Wrath of the Lich King and even probably before that, the tier gear for for the for the paladin was just god awful. But you were stuck to that gear because that was the best gear that you could get in order to put put yourself into raiding. And if, you know if you wanted to raid with your friends, you know you had to wear that gear that get up in order to do that and, and, ex and have that experience, which is a great experience. Um, at least for me in Warcraft, it was up until cataclysm came out getting away from that. All right. Um, <laughs> this allows you to have all of that, that power that, that comes with your tiered gear or your, your, your powerful end game gear and have the look that you want or the look that you find, you know, fun and interesting and be able to swap out mods, swap out armoring, swap out augments, and bring yourself up to that power and still look the way you find, you know, entertaining or the way you want to look. See, though, this makes me kind of sad because my hope was that with you playing a Jedi, you would always get shafted with really ugly looking armor and I would get to look cool being <laughs> on the Sith side. <laughs> <laughs> oh Fred <laughs> oh Fred just called it out you know stick the Jedi and the Republic players with the yeah. dour dull looking gear because they're the goody two shoes well you know it's so cool to be bad <laughs> pretty I much <laughs> I don't know if you've seen your, your raiding gear there gear there, Fred but uh, it's, oh, it's oh. pretty awful <laughs> I don't want to wear it <laughs> that's why I don't raid <laughs> they're not giving me any incentive yeah. Well, now you can put your Sith into a slave girl outfit, and then and then we'll all have a good laugh. <laughs> oh, no, I can put my Sith into a nice-looking black robe with some armor and force choke you for making that comment. Oh, oh my. <laughs> I'll just force push you <laughs> off a cliff. I can do that, too. I can. <laughs> I'll force stasis you, all right? <laughs> Alright guys, um because we're because we're we're 
Star Wars nerds. Um, we're gonna we're gonna cover lore topics for those of you who are, who are brand new to this show. Um, we we like to we like to talk about lore. Um, it's what makes Star Wars, I think, one of the most enjoyable universes out there. Certainly, you know, right in par with Lord of the Rings, and uh, we like to pay homage to that on this podcast. Lou does a wonderful job as our lore master on all of our various shows on the Quest Gaming Network, and uh, and Lou, without without further ado. I would like to uh, present to you the Jedi Archives. Well, thank you, Barwin. And today's topic is going to be the Galactic Senate. Or as AK, HK47 puts it, answer. There are a lot of politicians, Coruscant Master. I could spend decades slaughtering them all and still not make a dent. End quote. All right, the Galactic Senate. It's also referred to as the Republic Senate, the Galactic Congress, Republic Congress, or the Old Senate. Well, during the times of the New Republic. It was a legislative and executive branch of the Galactic Republic that was located that is located on Coruscant. Its primary duties were to mediate any disputes between the star systems, the worlds, and cultures, to regulate trade between systems, to protect and care for citizens in need, and to provide mutual defense in face of threats to the Republic. The Galactic Constitution invested the Senate with the power to also regulate trade, maintain maps of the galaxy's hyperspace routes, and to maintain the post military. Wow, sounds familiar. <laughs> now, originally, the Senate was planetary, and they welcomed any planet with a large enough population until the core worlds were occupied by the Republic. At this point, then, the Republic was then politically divided into sectors containing up to 50 inhabited systems, which were small so they wouldn't expand into separatist empires or their own separate little blocks. The Senate was then apartheid by sectorial senators, sector senators, and then those sector senators represented the planetary senators. The Senate itself was led by the Supreme Chancellor, who was elected by a vote of the Senate from amongst its delegates. Now, this position, chair, had little real authority over the Senate other than the prerogative to call for special sessions and could be removed by a vote of no confidence by the senators themselves. Now, the vice chair, who was also elected and could be removed by the Senate, wielded far more power, being empowered to open, close, and moderate debate on each motion which allowed that position to actually control the agenda within the Senate. The Galactic Senate itself is made up of over 2,000 Congress people. I don't want to say men, women, because a lot of aliens too. <laughs> Governor delegates, who also refer to as senators, and representatives, who in turn represented the sectors, systems, individual planets, or even corporations or guilds, like the Trade Federation, for example, in Phantom Menace. Right. Now, some were elected directly, while others were appointed by a planet's ruler, or even were the planet's ruler, i.e., we'll think about, you know, uh, Queen Amidala from Phantom Menace again. Diplomats, religious figures, local political leaders, and other prominent people could also address the Senate as part of a senatorial delegation. Senators, however, were the only members with voting power, with the representatives organized into the Galactic Representative Commission, although they could be appointed by the absent senators as their temporary substitute and still could have a minor voice in Senate business. Now, the world, to make it up the Republic, could join or become signatories to various federations or groups. Often what happens is that smaller worlds would give their voting power over to those federations in exchange for lucrative trade deals. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> now, this allowed various corporations, guilds, other federations, and businesses to gain extra power in the Senate. Thousands of years, though, before the fall of the Republic, the Senate was housed in a hall building. Now, at some point after the end of the Great Sith War, 
long, long time ago in that galaxy far, far away. The Senate was relocated to the more advanced and spacious Senate building that you now see in Star Wars The Republic and in the movies. The exterior portion of the Senate building consisted of a large courtyard in front of the structure itself and that huge mushroom-shaped building we all see in the movies. The interior portion was a multiple-story room with thousands of chairs for senators from each world. And in the center, as we see in the movies, the Supreme Chancellor would sit with his or her aides on a little floating platform. As with any form of government, the Senate was divided into many committees and subcommittees, each to handle various issues of galactic government and lawmaking, kind of like what the United States Congress is today. All right, if you want a, a more real-life uh, model to try, try and grasp this, think of that as your base model. Yeah. Okay. So I in addition... I think it's uh, almost, you know, glaringly obvious where where this, you know, kind of comes from. Shh, we're not going to make our life into this now. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to the formal committees, there were informal political factions in the Senate as well. Oh heck, real life it is. <laughs> in the years leading up to the Battle of Naboo, there were two main factions: the core faction and the rim faction. And just a little explanation: the, the core faction; those are the core worlds, uh, more towards the center of the the galaxy itself. And then the Rim Faction were the Outer Rim Territories themselves. All right, and that's what I have today for the Galactic Senate. It's only the tip of the iceberg. There is a ton of lore out there on the various Star Wars sites, especially StarWars.com, the Star Wars Wiki, Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, I just tried to give everyone a quick, brief look at the Galactic Senate. hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much, Lou. That was that was amazing. Very well presented, and uh, yeah, we could t- I could definitely tell there's like a lot more information on here. When you started telling me like. You know, it's a it's a mushroom shaped building with a courtyard in the front. I'm like, damn, <laughs> must have really like had to like take out a lot of detail because this goes into a lot of detail. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, there's a lot more God. descriptive on the building itself and you know the various designs through this God, through the millennia. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we're approaching the end of the show, guys. Um, we, for those of you who are new, okay, what we like to do is if you have, if you have given us a five-star review on iTunes, we like to shout you out as a way of saying thank you. We really appreciate the, uh, the vote of confidence <laughs> in, this, in this particular <laughs> case. Um, for the, uh, the Star Wars off the record, we want to thank Drumkiller from America for his five-star review. Thank you very much, Drumkiller. We appreciate it. Um, we are a part of the Quest Gaming Network, and there are radio surveys that we'd, we would like for you to take. Um, please take the radio survey. All right, It's found on all of our, our uh, websites. It takes about five minutes. It's extremely important for us to, to hear what you have to say regarding all of our shows. Um, this one in particular, you, uh, the best way to get to it is by going to our portal site, which is questgamingnetwork.com. Certainly, um, StarWarsOffTheRecord.com has it. SwotorReforged.com will have it very shortly. Final thoughts, guys. Lou. Oh, gosh, so much going on right now. Character transfer, 1.3 allies. SWOTOR has just received a major revitalization, especially for the summer, which is great. A lot of free time for a lot of people, a lot of players, and it's showing, you know, there's just tons going on in the game. Can't wait to get back to it. Absolutely. And Fred? I'm loving 1.3, and I have a lot of social gear I need to work for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Um, my final thought is uh, 1.3 has, has provided many, many hours of, 
of convenient, enjoyable game time. I was loving this game before, and now it has just become much more convenient for me to do what I already love doing that much faster. So I'm, I'm, uh, I, I love this whole thing. It's, it's just amazing. And uh, like, like Fred, I can't wait to, to start getting some of this social gear. I'm going to all the different planets now and checking out what they got as far as social gear. I'm like, hmm, do I like this? Do I not like that? Which... <laughs> I would take that top, these pants, <laughs> those boots. No. <laughs> Queer Dang. eye for the Jedi. <laughs> Dang. Okay. All right, uh, Fred. Why don't you why don't you tell uh, tell the listeners a little bit about some of the some of the stuff going on in the network, and then uh, we'll we'll get into how to reach us. Well, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Quest Gaming Network, we have several shows about different games, such as Elder Scrolls. If you're a Skyrim fan or you're looking forward to the Elder Scrolls Online coming up, we have Elder Scrolls off the record which you can find at ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. We have a Minecraft show, which is Minecraft Off The Record, which can be found at MinecraftOffTheRecord.com. We have a Diablo show, which is Diablo Off The Record, DiabloOffTheRecord.com. Noticing a pattern here? <laughs> there might be one. <laughs> and we have a new show that is ramping up about PlanetSide 2. It can be found at PlanetSideOffTheRecord.com. Well, let's, yeah, we're, that's on, that's a future show that we're, we will be doing. Um, yeah, I don't know if we actually have that website <laughs> yet, but we're getting oh, there. <laughs> it's up. It's linked on our other sites already. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Middle Earth guys are uh, certainly, certainly blasting out that content then faster than I could keep up with. <laughs> um, all of our shows are recorded at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Elder Scrolls Off the Records on Wednesdays. Minecraft is on Sundays. And Diablo is on Fridays. And Swotor Reforged is on Mondays live at 7 p.m. How to reach us? SwotorReforged.com. S-W-T-O-R Reforged.com. Our portal site, QuestGamingNetwork.com. We live stream at livestream.com forward slash the quest show and email swotorreforged at gmail.com. Now, uh, Fred, we have a Twitter, don't we? What's, uh, we, we just started the new Twitter. What's, what's that Twitter address? That would be at swotorreforged. At swotorreforged. Okay, I am Evarwin. You can find me at Evarwin. Lou is at GamerGuy 11B, G-A-M-E-R, G-U-Y 11B. And Fred is at Gorthinolor, G-O-R-T-H-Y-N-O-L-L-U-R, at Gorthinolor. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with Middle Earth Network. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Take care, be safe, and may the Force be with you. Take care, everyone. Glad you're all here. See you all again next week. Take care, everyone. I have an Inquisitor to go level. <laughs>